the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Sales Builder Academy. The goal is to survive and thrive all phases of outside sales, whether you're getting in, dominating, or getting out. Surviving Outside Sales. Now on with the show. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Builder Academy. Sales Builder Academy is your online sales training resource for all things outside sales. From training, recommended products, and sales coaching, Sales Builder Academy is your one-stop shop for everything in all phases of your sales career. Learn how to build and scale a sales business. Learn how to build a network that sells for you. Learn how to start your sales podcast. And if you're ready to make that move, Learn how you can build your sales escape plan to build the life that you've always dreamed of. If this sounds like you and you're interested, click in the show notes in this podcast or text the letters SOS to the phone number 980-689-6989. Again, that's the letters SOS to the phone number 980-689-6989. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. Today's topic is growth in the sales world. Now, it's important to understand that obviously to have a successful career in sales, you have to grow. But I wonder how many of you, and be honest with yourself, that are listening right now, do you realize that you need to help your clients grow as well? If their growth is increased, or I guess if, if they achieve the growth that they're looking for, your business is going to grow as well. And I would surmise to say that your level of growth within your business will mirror the growth of your clients. Because if your clients are not growing, your buyers are not growing from your product or service, you're not going to grow as well. The reason why is that they're not going to buy from you again. They're not going to refer you to other people you're going to start getting frustrated because you're not going to be having buying conversations anymore. You're not going to be looking to expand your portfolio. What you're going to be doing is you're just going to be hustling, trying to hit your numbers. And it's a terrible feeling that you have to go through, period. Now, I was uh, talking with an individual the last couple of days, and I was sharing a story of mine, one of my biggest successes in sales. I had taken over a dermatology clinic in Savannah, Georgia, and this clinic was formerly a very massive account with my company and they, the head physician, I can't remember his name at the time, but he was a KOL for the company. And so I remember my manager telling me, find out what's going on down here. I had taken over the territory from a previous uh, rep who had failed and my territory just continued to get larger as I was doing well. And the company wanted to reward me with more territories. I started out just having basically Charlotte proper. And then all of a sudden I was given, um, South Carolina. And then I was given all of North Carolina. And all of a sudden I had all of North Carolina, South Carolina and and Savannah, Georgia. So I go down there. And the first thing I did was I just started asking questions. And again, if you want to be a growth, um, agent, if you want to really dive deep, and you want to grow your sales, you need to dive deep on your buyer's business and find out where you can make change because you need to be a change agent and you need to be a growth strategist. You know, it's so funny. I almost, um, 
I almost said strategist because of uh, Will Ferrell's uh, George W. Bush um, uh, character on SNL when he said strategery. And for the longest time, whenever I see that word, all I think about is strategery, strategist, strategist. Okay, I digress. So you need to be a growth strategist and not necessarily a growth strategist for you. Yes, it's important. But when I coach my students and when I talk to companies, it's amazing how many of the conversations revolve around I, me, we. And the first question I say is, what about your client? What about your buyer? It's so much easier to make change with somebody else, to relay that, and then to share that experience with another person. It's so much easier than having to, quote unquote, sell somebody. Once you have an example, you have a testimony, you have a case study. That's all you talk about is the case study. And then you say, would you like to have these similar results that this other client over here got? That is what you talk about, not your features and benefits. You're not banging your head against a wall trying to get a meeting. You simply point out success in the market. Would you like these results? Great. Then let's set up a meeting and let's talk about how we can get you those results. It really is that easy. Okay. It really is that simple. But it comes with the mindset. You have to have the mindset. Am I a growth strategist? Am I a change agent? If so, it starts with your buyer. So going back to the story, I walk in and so I ask the lead physician, I introduce myself and I talk to the head physician, very nice gentleman. And I just start asking, asking questions. What's your process? What are your procedures? What do you look to do? How can I help you? And he tells me a bunch of things. And then he said, well, you know, our office manager, she pretty much runs the show. Okay, let me go talk to her. And I found out that what they were doing was probably, and this is what they were instructed to do from the previous sales rep. It was probably the worst sales process I have ever heard before in my entire life. And I'm not going to call out the previous rep. Nobody knows who that person is except for one or two people probably doesn't listen to the show. So the sales process was, so let me go back real quick. I forgot to mention this part. So the company I was with, we were selling post-procedure kits to dermatologists, med spas, and plastic surgeons. Anytime a laser was used, a scalpel was used, anytime there was a surgery, skin cancer, or there was a cosmetic procedure, or any kind of um, excoriating of the skin. If the skin's broken, our product goes on afterwards, and it helps heal it much faster than anything else in the market, much fast, faster than naturally healing with better results. Again, remember, everything is about faster results, better results and less headache than if you didn't do anything or you kept the status quo. That is the key to everything in sales. Those three things, can they get it faster, better results, and less headache if they try to do it on their own, or if they just kept the status quo? Those are the three things you focus on. And so I said, "What's your run me through, if I'm a patient, run me through what the process is. Now, mind you, what we would do is we would sell these products to these offices, these clinics would direct buy from me, the sales rep. And then what they would do is that they would mark it up and they would house it in their building. And then they would sell it as part of their products and portfolios within the clinic. So the patient could get it directly there. And that's the most efficient way to do it. However, the previous rep 
did not do it that way. The previous rep went very low hanging fruit and said, well, we don't want anybody to feel like they're pressured. So why don't we do this? Why don't we give them, you know, give them a little bit of a sampling, let them take it home with them. And then if they decide to buy, they can always come back up here and get it. Now, hopefully when you heard me describe that, you knew exactly what was wrong with that. Okay. You're letting somebody leave the building. You're giving them a sample of a product. Okay. Now in the pharmaceutical world, the reason why samples were created is because you wanted to make sure that the product was going to be efficacious and there was no side effects. Those are really the two things. Is it going to work? And is it going to have any side effects? Now at some point, so if you're a pharmaceutical rep and you're listening at some point, they don't need to be taking samples home. They need to be going straight to the pharmacy. The samples really in the beginning, it's that trust that trust uh, gap. There is a trust gap between where you, what you say your product can do and what the buyer believes your product can do. And there's a gap. So what they're doing is they're trying to shorten the gap by, okay, take this home. Let me know if it works. And I want to hear your response. The problem is the, the lead physician who owned this practice, it was a monster dermatology clinic with like eight providers. It was a big clinic. Lots of patients were walking in and out the door. They were all bought in. They knew the product worked. They had the results. So you don't need to prove that anymore. So the only reason why you're trying to give a quote unquote sample is because you want the patient to feel something better. I don't know. Point being, if you have a brick and mortar business, and this is critical to think about, just because you're an outside sales professional, you are calling on brick and mortar businesses, i.e., insurance companies, doctors. I mean, I, I'm going to talk in the terms of the medical sphere because that's what I spent the most time in. Every single one of those doctor's offices is a brick and mortar business. They have a, and they are for the most part retail. Yes, they have medical services, but do people pay for those medical services? Yes. Then they're retail. Now they're not quote unquote classified retail, but I want you to start thinking them of them as a retail business. And this is important. Okay. You need to think of them as a retail business because that is going to drastically alter how you approach the way things move in the business and move out the business. Okay. So for instance, one of the rules of thumb, and I learned this at enterprise was in the retail world, if somebody leaves your place of business, the chances of them coming back and purchasing something go down by like 70%. Okay. This is not an online business where people say, I'll just come back to it when I have time after the kids go down or I'll, I'll buy it on the weekend. No, 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 no. That's not what happens with a retail business. Cause what you're asking the patient to do in this case was take a sample home, use the product. And if the product worked well, then come back. The problem was you don't have any clarity and you don't have any consistency. If the person who's making the decision, in this case, it was the doctor, says, this is your best course of action. If the patient believes the doctor, has a long-standing reputation with the doctor, doesn't believe the doctor is trying to get over on them, the purchase needs to happen right then and there, or you're going to lose 70% of your audience. Now, here's what happens. There's a psychology behind it. When your prospect, or I'm sorry, when a customer of your prospect, or when you are a customer and you leave a retail store, if you did not make a decision, there is going to be influence. You're going to start to have doubt to creep in. 
And if you have to repeat a similar action, that is a hurdle that most people cannot get over psychologically. And in this case, that hurdle is going back to the same building you just came from. You don't know how far some of those people go to visit that business. There's no coming back. That person could have driven an hour. In fact, that's one of the questions that I asked. How far of a radius do your patients come from? She goes, oh, shoot. I mean, we have some people that come here all the way from Greenville, South Carolina. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like a three-hour drive. And the reason why is because they might have lived in an area. People are very territorial to their businesses, okay? When they love a business and they love a brand, they will move mountains in order to stay associated with that brand. Medicine is no different. I know when I used to call on rheumatologists, there's not as many rheumatologists out there as there are general practitioners. There are people that are driving two hours sometimes in the Carolinas to go see a rheumatologist. Now what you're doing is you're asking them to drive two hours one way and then another hour back, two hours back, four hours to pick up a $27 tube of post-procedure product or a $60 kit. No, 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 no. People aren't going to do that. You need to understand the buyer's mix of the people you're trying to sell to and see if it makes sense. Most of the time it does not. So what did I do? I immediately, because I started asking some questions, I need to, um, I need to figure out, or I said, let's figure out, we let's build a better process. Okay. Because this is what I fear. I fear that the doctor is recommending a product. The patient is getting a quote unquote sample because that's what they're instructed to do by the previous rep. The patient is leaving. They're not, they're either using the sample, which is not a lot. It's maybe a day and you're supposed to use this product for 30 days. Okay. It's maybe a day or two of the sample and they're not using it. And what's happening is they're either going to search for something over the counter, which the doctor does not want, which also proves that it, it actually hurts healing. It does not accelerate it. It, it hurts the healing which means the patient's going to have worse results, which reflects back on the clinic. When I mentioned that, the office manager was like, oh my gosh, you're totally right. We don't want these patients to have um, bad healing. We don't want them to get bacteria. We don't want this infection, this um, wound to get infected. We need them to start buying immediately. I said, absolutely. Of course, I said, great decision, because it is a great decision. The pro- this process works so much better. This clinic was struggling to sell anything for seven months. Again, this guy was one of the biggest accounts, struggled to sell anything for seven months. Immediately, it was the biggest month they ever had. All of a sudden, in my territory, they this, this business went from, from the previous numbers, even if I took the last 12 months, again, there's no sales in seven months, the previous 12 months, This was a top 75 account. And after about four months, they were my number three. All from a change in the process. So when you hear me talk about process and systems all the time, I practice what I preach. I know it works. There's processes everywhere. You might have a perfect sales process, but... Does your buyer who needs to replenish their product, if you sell something that's replenishable, 
you need to understand 100% fully the process, the sales process, the pull through that your business has with your product. And if something is not right, you need to have a discussion immediately. That is how you grow. That is how you turn around stagnating businesses, stagnating sales. A lot of times it's not reinventing the wheel. I hate when I, I see people say, well, we just got to go in a completely different direction. And you know, what is that? Make sales calls on your head. A lot of it's just a breakdown, either in communication, a misconception. There's, there's something happening, a breakdown in process. The process is not right. The process is wrong. I mean, I would go on with that company. I would go on to take over about 15 different accounts that were, were piddling or not really moving product. And I exploded these businesses. And the only thing I did was I let the businesses get out of their own way. I streamlined their process so that they could get it to their customer faster. They could have clear messaging around the product and the importance of it. That's all I did. All I did was I just pulled a bunch of um, wrenches out of the gears that was their business and it skyrocketed mine. So going back to the beginning, I know the story got a little long on me. I apologize. I told a little too many, too many tangents. The point of this was to grow your business. You have to figure out how to grow your buyer's business first. Because once that happens, yours will automatically grow. Grow their business and you're going to grow yours. And that really is, you are a growth strategist when you are in sales. You're not a sales you know, rep. I've told you before, I hate that term, a sales rep. You're not a representative that takes orders. You are a business professional that is running your business and your sole purpose is to grow the businesses of the buyers or the customers or the prospects, whatever you want to call them, whoever you touch in your day-to-day calls, your day-to-day territory activity, you want to grow their business. You do that, your business will skyrocket. Trust me. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. I hope everybody has a great rest of their day. If you want to get more information about Sales Builder Blueprint, I've got something cool that's coming out Friday. So be on the lookout for this. I'm actually going to send out the uh, first part of the Sales Builder Blueprint free and let you take a look at it and see if it's something that you are interested in and if it fits what you're looking to do. Um, You can just send me an email, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales, or you can send me a DM on LinkedIn and let me know you're interested. But there are, there's an intro, there are six, six parts to the Sales Builder Blueprint, and then there's some bonuses on the end. And I'll, I'll give you the intro part. If you, if you want to get the intro and kind of get a taste of what the program is all about and see if it's a fit, reach out to me, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales, shoot me an email, or you can um, shoot me a DM on LinkedIn and let me know you want that and I'll shoot it over to you. So that'll be on Friday, not today, but Friday. So thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow on Surviving Outside Sales. Bye-bye.